0: Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Not Safe for Work Photography Podcast. There are thousands of models and photographers creating adult content using modern platforms and taking control of their own creative lives. Today, we're talking about photography events from the perspective of a model with Anastasia May. Anastasia is a full-time freelance traveling model with four years of modeling experience. She is based in the DMV and travels to Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Ohio nearly every month. She shoots mainly fashion, boudoir, and art nude. If anyone is interested in working with her, she would love for you to send her a DM and discuss shoot concepts. How are you doing tonight, Anastasia?
1: I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, I had a day off today, so I got to relax and catch up on some sleep.
0: What? People take days (laughs) off? This is... I've never heard of this before.
1: Uh, I usually have like 10 days on and then a week off. It's a weird schedule.
0: (laughs) Oh, you know, I've heard... There's a lot of people that do that, like like the oil rigs, where they go on for you know weeks or months at a time, and then they're off for months. And there's other people that do like seven days on, seven days off. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're having this conversation because I am heading to my second photography event and first Mega Glam put on by Stace Bernard. And because this is my podcast, I get to talk about whatever I want. The first event I went to is fairly informal. This one is a little more formal and is using Scott Church's studio up in Lebanon which looks like something else. So we're talking about events in general, but using MegaGlam as our specific example for the questions. So since Anastasia has been on the podcast before, we're not gonna talk about her background. If you want to know more about her, go listen to episode 23, Get My Listen Count Up. I'll start talking MegaGlam in specific and then try to generalize that to more events. Is this your first time at MegaGlam?
1: Uh, this is actually my second Mega Glam. My first one was back in March, but I believe there have been four or five total so
0: far. He does it more than once a year? Interesting. Yeah,
1: he normally does it about twice a year.
0: Gotcha. I I guess I must have just completely missed that that existed.
1: I don't know if that's more of a recent development or if he has been doing that for a while, but right. um, yeah, I know this year this is the second one.
0: Yeah. You know, I thought about reaching out to him but we've had a couple of people on to talk about their events from the organizer's viewpoint. And I really wanted to get the model's viewpoint on how that works. Okay. So how many photography events have you attended?
1: So honestly, I don't think I could give you a specific answer for this. I've been modeling almost five years now, and I've done a ton of workshops and events in that time, usually at least one workshop every month or two. Um, but in terms of very large events, so not just workshops of, like, three to ten people, um, I'd say, like, five or six events total, which have been um, the last Mega Glam, uh, a couple picture party-type shoots that Stace also puts on, um, NINPA, which is a really big uh, nude modeling event month. in August. Yeah. yeah. And um, Federotica, which is, like, a magazine um, shoot event, and um, I've done a Vegas networking trip. So those are like, the the bigger events that I've done. Okay.
0: I'm writing down some notes because I just saw Nenpa like right before Mm it went off and I didn't have time to organize anything. So my second question was going to be what types of photography events, but you already got there. This is what (laughs) what I get for giving you the questions ahead of time.
1: (laughs) I can go into like a bit more (laughs) detail.
0: Well, I'm going to, I was going to ask, I was going to ask in more detail in the next question anyways, because you mentioned shootouts and you mentioned larger events. So Mm -hmm. Just in case there's somebody out there who doesn't know what the difference is, what is it?
1: Um, So I'd say I'd split the photography events into like three main categories. So the first one would be a regular workshop of like three to 10 people. And with these workshops, the host invites a specific model and the photographers usually pay the host a certain fee for the event, which allows them a certain amount of time with the model or models attending. Um, And I've seen this range from 20 to 20 minutes per set with the model doing two to three sets total. And usually with these type of events, the photographers also have the option to book the model for a longer amount of time after the main rotations. Although Mm -hmm. at that point, they would pay the model directly at her usual rates for the extra time. So often the model will be paid a small fee by the workshop host, as well as by the photographers who booked one-on-one time with her afterwards.
0: So hold on a second, because I want to explore that a little bit, because I was... I think I heard that a couple months ago, talking to somebody else, and I was kind of shocked. I mm-hmm. always assumed that the workshop fees paid for the rate of the model for the you know two or three hours of the workshop mm-hmm. and the studio, and then there was a little bit left over for the organizer as you know the, mm-hmm. their their fee for setting this up. Are you saying they do not get their hourly for the workshop?
1: Um. So usually it's just like the model gets an agreed upon fee for the whole workshop. So they're still getting paid from the money the photographers spend on the event as a whole, but Mm -hmm. also they usually do some time after the main events where the photographers can book more time with the models. So usually like in the rotations, it's quick, it's pretty quick. It's like five to 10 minutes per model, but then they have the option to book the model for like 30 minutes or an hour afterwards. And then that's where they, Um, generally pay the model uh, her specific
0: rate. So the model's not necessarily spending all two or three hours there. There may be multiple models switching off.
1: Um, I mean, so let's say the main workshop is like two hours and everyone stays those two hours throughout all the rotations. And then there could be another hour or two afterwards that is optional Mm -hmm. that you could stay and have photographers book you for extra time that they pay you extra for. I mean, it, it really depends on the studio and like the photographers, like how often they organize those types of workshops. Like, I know Stace Bernard, he hosts those like almost multiple daily. times a week. Yeah, almost <laughs> daily at his um, place in Elkton, and I know the DMV photography workshops. I forget where exactly that is, somewhere in Maryland, but um, I'm pretty sure they do several of those per month. Um, so yeah, it, it depends on the photographers, the organization.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't know that TMB photography workshop. So I'll have to look into that too.
1: Yeah, no, it's a pretty good one. I really enjoyed working Baltimore. there I worked there for the first time like hmm. um, a month ago or so. But yeah, so like continuing on, I'd say the second time of event that's not just like a smaller workshop like that would be a large event where photographers don't need to pay or else they pay a small fee to attend the event. And the majority of the shoots will be TFP or, you know, trade for print. They'll be free unless the models do topless or nude content, in which case the photographers pay the models directly at their usual rates. So this has been like a pretty common way of organizing them this past year, I've noticed. Um, So like picture parties are organized that way. And we did like a big barn shootout that was similar. So, Shoot times aren't normally scheduled at specific times unless the photographer is doing a paid shoot with the model and really those are the events that are more about networking, collaborating, having fun. And models don't need to be in- invited to this generally. Like lots of newer models like to attend these events cuz it's a really great chance to meet a lot of people in the industry and get a lot of diverse content for developing their portfolios within a short amount of time.
0: Right.
1: And um and then the third type of event Type of event would be similar to mega glam where the models are handpicked by the person organizing the event so it's more exclusive and all the photographers pay a fee to attend the event as well as paying the models individually at their specific rates so mega glam for instance costs 175 dollars to attend one day 325 mm-hmm. for two 450 for three and there's like a little bit more of a discount the more days you book um but some people are pretty thrown off by the prices, um, but I usually tell them considering it costs about 150 to $200 to rent a simple small studio or Airbnb for a shoot.
0: I'm looking at Peer Space and Scott Scott Church is $100 an hour normally. So you're getting seven hours of Scott Church for 175
1: Exactly. Plus it's like a 30,000 square foot studio with three floors and a lineup of like some of the best models in the industry. So I'd I'd say it's pretty reasonable considering that.
0: The first event I went to was actually the second one you mentioned. I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize that was the type of event it was going in. Uh, Like there was a small fee and I thought that was going to pay the models. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that it was TFP until somebody messaged me afterwards and like, Hey, where's my pictures? And I was like, Oh, wait. And if I had thought about it, if I had stopped and thought about it, I'd have been like, oh, there's no way that this is enough money to pay the models. It has to be TFP. But I just was did not even consider it. I was embarrassed.
1: Right. I mean, sometimes they could definitely do a better job of explaining that to people prior to the event.
0: <laughs> it was a pretty informal event. I just mm-hmm. randomly saw or no, I was talking with, it was, I was uh, interviewed someone on the podcast and they mentioned it and I was like, Oh shoot, I should go to that. That's next weekend. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, I, I did not follow the normal process of finding it. I just kind of fell into it. Mm-hmm. How many photographers and models is normal for these larger events? You mentioned for the smaller shootouts, it tends to be one or a couple more models and then you know up to six photographers.
1: Yeah, so it really depends. Like for the workshops, um, it's like anywhere from just me to I think the most was like four models. And I've had as little as like two photographers and maybe as many as like 10 or so. Um, So that's usually like the range for the smaller workshops. For um, bigger events like Picture Party and Mega Glam, like, I think there's somewhere around fifty models coming to that and even more photographers. So it's it's a, a pretty huge crowd.
0: And looking at this from the model side, there's no guaranteed payment for that, right? The money the photographers are paying is going for the studio space in the organization.
1: Are you talking about the, the bigger events? The bigger events, or the bigger events. yep. So normally models will try to pre-book people for those <laughs> events. Um and personally, I always try to get a small deposit beforehand, so even if they cancel day of, I'm still getting paid a little bit.
0: Right. Um,
1: but normally, people tend to like to have at least at least for Mega Glam, they have at least half of their total bookings pre-booked, and a lot of them also book like the day of. Um, hmm. But ideally, you'd have several scheduled already, so you know you'll you'll have like a general idea of how
0: much you'll be making. Gotcha. Yeah, I was just asking. We'll talk a little bit later about if a model wanted to get involved in these, but that's what I was thinking. If a model is trying to plan for this, uh, mm-hmm. it's not it's not guaranteed income. It's not a payment for being there. It's hustle and get those get those thing get those shoots booked. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Do they typically mix genres or stick with just one? I ask because this one is mega glam, which is a very glamour one. There, I talked to the organizer of one down in like middle, middle Virginia down on the Blue Ridge, which seems to be more about like naked people in nature. You mentioned Nenpa, which is naked people in nature. Do they, tend to, do they tend to stick with a the theme?
1: Uh, yeah, so it really depends on the event. For like mega glam and picture parties, you can really shoot any genre from fashion to lingerie to fetish to nude to erotic. Like there are a lot of um, variations, um, and for ninpa, it is typically advertised as a nude in nature type event. But uh, I mean, you're not obligated to shoot nude a hundred percent of the time. Like I had plenty of people book me for boudoir shoots there, or like fashion to boudoir to nude. Um, mm. So yeah, it just depends. Um, There are a few events. There's one event that I did last November and one coming up this coming November that'll be specifically a fetish theme. So like bondage and restraints and, um, you know, whips, paddles, stuff like that. (laughs) But I mean, I'd say for the most part, the events that I've been to, it's really just been a range of mostly boudoir and nude.
0: I'm disappointed that mega glam is not purely for glamour photography. I feel like to. (laughs) All right. Which one's your favorite? I don't Uh, think Stace Bernard listens to the podcast, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know that I have a preference. Um, Aside from erotic, I shoot all genres and I really like to have a big variety of styles and themes in my portfolio. So I honestly, I really like doing a bit of everything.
0: Do you know Stace Bernard very well?
1: Yes, I do. Um, So He's an awesome photographer and friend of mine. Um, He has a really huge network in the industry, is very well known to a lot of models and photographers. I'm one of his official models. I've benefited a lot from his mentorship, and I feel like he's really helped me grow a lot as both a model and a person. Uh, And He's been really key to my networking the past few years, and I've been able to attend some really amazing events because of him as well as meet some really talented models and photographers that I now work pretty consistently with. I've really never met anyone who presents so many big opportunities to developing models, and the amount of time and energy he invests in his models is really awesome. He organizes mega glam, picture party, um, has almost daily workshops at his home. He also teaches classes at other big events like Ninpa. His Vegas trip was the first time I got to model in and experience Vegas, which was a really great opportunity. And this upcoming year, he's planning to take his official models on an international trip, which I'm super excited for. So I'd say if you haven't had a chance to work with him yet, I definitely recommend reaching out and scheduling a shoot. You'll get beautiful content, and you'll also get your foot a little further in the door of the modeling industry.
0: Sounds like I should be making friends with (laughs) him. So Micah Glam is at Scott Church Studios in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which I've never been to, but the shots on Facebook look incredible. So I assume you've been there. What's it like?
1: Yes, yeah, so I've been there several times. Um, it's by far one of the most amazing studios I've seen. And it's a whopping 30,000 square feet. It has uh, three floors to choose from. It has a really wide open floor plan. So they're aren't really um, specific rooms, it's just kind of an open floor, aside from the model's dressing rooms. Uh, It has a ton of different sets that are frequently changing. And some of the sets include bedrooms, couches, mannequins, Um, there are huge natural light windows, rooftop access, paintings, large bookshelves and desks and lots of other things. I've shot there like three or four times by now. And I don't think I've shot everywhere in that studio yet.
0: So (laughs) When you shoot at other large events, are they typically at studios as large or is this studio kind of one of a kind?
1: This is definitely the biggest studio I've seen yet. Ninpo was like a huge piece of land, but it wasn't really a studio. It was mostly different like outdoor settings. Um, So, yeah, really, this is the largest studio I've ever modeled at.
0: So, other large events, are they typically in studios or are they in like warehouse spaces or people's houses?
1: So, like for the large events like Picture Party and Mega Glam, those are usually either at Scott Church Studios or generally, in my experience, like outdoors at some type of property. So, like oh, Ninpa okay. and the last Picture Party type event were just on a really big piece of land with, um, There are like some farm settings and just different areas around like a barn or like a big house to shoot around. But it's not so much a studio or like as much indoors. So, yeah, Mega Glam and a lot of the picture parties are mostly just at at the big studio at Scott Church. For like the smaller workshops and stuff, those can be in someone's home like Stace does or in smaller studios just because there are a lot less people going there.
0: Are there conventions that have associated large shoots? Like is Federatica along with a convention or is it just a shooting event?
1: Um, I'd say that was just a a shooting event. And it also wasn't quite as big as Picture Party, but it was like quite a few models that the people organizing the magazine picked out. But that was also at Scott Church. (laughs)
0: So (laughs) (laughs) The reason I asked that is I saw that I think it was FetCon or FetishCon was down at Miami. Last I've month? never
1: been there, but I've been mm. wanting to go. And I know there's also another one called Exotica for I think yeah. more of like the fetish and erotic models.
0: Yep. Yeah. I'm actually definitely thinking about going to uh, Exotica when it's in DC next. Mm-hmm. I was talking with somebody that's been there a couple of times. And they're like, oh yeah, you're going to meet so many models. You should get business cards printed out and go hunting for guests.
1: Yeah. I'm sure it's a great networking event. Like I'd, I'd like to go at some point too.
0: Let's talk about like well, like I said we've uh, we've talked to a couple of people in the past who put this on uh, from the photographer and or the organizers perspective, but let's talk about how this how this event works from the models perspective. How do models get invited to these events?
1: Uh, so for a lot of the events, the person organizing the event selects or approves a model. So often it's models that the host has previously worked with or models that have a fairly well-known reputation Um, for more casual events like picture party, pretty much anyone can come since it's not an exclusive event and it's more like a social gathering or an event focused on networking. But um, like a big lesson I've learned over the past year or two is if there's an event you want to go to, just don't hesitate to reach out and ask if you can attend because the worst that they can tell you is no, but you may be on their radar radar for the next event. I'd really recommend trying to maybe schedule an individual shoot with the person hosting the event prior to one of the events so they can see how you work and what your strengths are. And um, they might help you develop more of the skill set to be able to attend the next event. Um, and I used to just wait around a lot, hoping people would reach out to me for shoots and events and get kind of butthurt when they didn't. But since I've been a lot more um, <laughs> proactive and I've made a much bigger effort to reach out to people, I've been getting a lot more opportunities and consequently making a lot more money
0: I mean the worst that can happen is they can call you names
1: I guess so but I mean if they're calling you <laughs> names you you probably wouldn't want to go to that event anyway
0: <laughs> I guess unless you've got that specific anyways <laughs> are there specific events that are more catering to experienced models versus new models or is the the picture party style that one is for the new models?
1: Um, so, Mega Glam is more catered to the experienced models, people who've been doing it for a while and have a little bit of like more of a reputation. Picture parties, they're open to newer models and seasoned models. Um, so, this Mega Glam is kind of being combined with a picture party. They're advertising three dates. The first two are just, you know, the more exclusive event. And then the third date, the 19th, is more um, for like the picture party event. And I know a lot of the people who are attending the first two days, like the more exclusive days. A lot of those models are also attending the picture party one, hmm. but I mean it's also open to people that are just like local to the area or newer models who um, don't have as much experience. So it's really more of a mixture at the picture party kind of events. It's really open to anyone.
0: Do you typically mix it in with other travel work, or do you just go for the event? Do you try and you know bracket it with a couple of days on either side to work with local photographers?
1: Uh, It depends on the location of the event. So if it's pretty local to me, meaning like one or two hours away, I won't normally go out on my way to schedule outside shoots just because I can kind of easily get there anyway. And the event is usually pretty just it's just kind of stressful and takes a lot out of you. So I kind of like to relax if it's like semi-local. But if it's in a location that I don't normally travel to, like, for instance, I'm going to one in Illinois next month, um, I definitely try to schedule with other photographers in the area because I'm not there nearly as much. So it's a good chance to try and work with people you wouldn't normally get to.
0: What do you do typically before the event to prep? Do you, you know, gather props and back your stuff? Do you do anything special or just normal travel stuff?
1: Yeah, well, so let me say about like two to three months ahead of the big events like Mega Glam and Ninpa, um, I try to like do all my scheduling. I do a lot of advertising, shouting out other models, promoting the event on all my different platforms. So that's like the prep that is a couple months in advance. Um, but like the nights prior to the events, I usually always try to have my bag already packed with all my clothing, um, some snacks. I usually try to relax a bit the night before since I know the next day will be super busy and a bit stressful. And like for packing, I've learned to try to be a lot more organized with that because I'm a notorious overpacker, and then I end up not being able to find (laughs) anything when I want to. So what I do um, for these big events is I'll take each outfit, put it in like a clear Ziploc bag, and then put a label of what the outfit is or a picture of it In the bag so i can more easily find what i need to find in a like five minute time period in between shoots
0: (laughs) do you usually like buy additional wardrobe for these shoots or anything like that or do you generally just bring what you have
1: yeah i usually try and um buy some extra stuff like i know a lot of photographers like being able to shoot stuff that you haven't shot with other people yet um and yeah i mean i just like to showcase some really cool looks at these events. Cause there are a lot of um, really big names attending and a lot of photographers that are like, there have been some from Playboy, some from Sig models. So like big photographers that I might want to impress. So I do try to bring some extra special wardrobe.
0: Yeah, and that sounds like you definitely want to bring your A game too.
1: Yeah, definitely. I go on a, on a sheen shopping spree beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> that.
0: I have never heard of that place. And then in the last three months, I've seen it pop up everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's like just the cheapest place to get lingerie that's kind of unique. Like, a lot of stuff is just like 10 bucks. And um, it's not the best quality necessarily, but it it works really well for like a few shoots.
0: Well, no, that makes sense. Because again, like you said, photographers don't want to see you in the same thing they saw you in before, which I think is kind of ridiculous. But whatever. (laughs) And apparently I was reading in Wired that Sheen, so most companies, when they order clothing, they order, you know, thousands and thousands of each piece of clothing and -hmm. then ship it to their, you know, hundreds of stores across the world. But Sheen apparently only makes hundreds of each one. And they make, instead of making thousands of a few pieces, they make hundreds of thousands of pieces. So yeah, so, the, so whatever you order from there, there may be only a couple hundred people that have that in the whole world.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. I mean, I do see a lot of things go out of stock pretty quickly. So yep. I guess I can that kind of makes sense.
0: <laughs> and then they use that to gauge how popular it is. And they will print more or make more if it's really popular. But mm-hmm. their CEO said in a, I think an investor call or something, that their goal is to be able to make almost custom stuff for people to make you exactly what you want. And then when you order it, they make it and ship it to you.
1: Wow. That'd be awesome. Cause I could definitely use a custom size bra. Cause I'm, I'm a large (laughs) on top and a small on bottom. So I always order their mediums and they kind of fit. Um, (laughs) but if they could make
0: (laughs) custom things, that would be even better. (laughs) You mentioned that two to three months, you're trying to coordinate your schedule with photographers and get that filled out. I noticed, and talking with some of the models going, they'll typically schedule for 30 minutes up to two hours or so. Mm -hmm. Is that pretty typical? Do most people schedule in half-hour increments?
1: Yeah, I'd say um, for the most part, people are scheduling about an hour at a time, but I do already Mm -hmm. have a few half-hour slots filled as well. Occasionally, you get like the the person that'll want to book you for like, three, four hours, but that's not nearly as common as just the like half hour, and hour increments.
0: Seems to me like an hour is probably the sweet spot here because the whole advantage of coming to a shoot like this is you get to work with a whole bunch of people,
1: mm-hmm. but a half
0: an hour is not really enough time to, like that's barely enough time to get your light set up and figure out like where you're going to shoot. Yeah, well, we'll talk and about I
1: guess that. it also depends on like the average pace of the photographer who's scheduling. Mm-hmm. Like there True. are some of them who like, they they seem like they've got the shot after like 10 clicks and there's some yeah. that you know take half the time setting up the lighting so
0: yeah no. it depends yeah i mean you've worked with me before i'm pretty amateur i'm not like a go 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 so and i know i've spoken with uh, i don't remember who it was but he had like a he talked about how he has a shot list and when he hires a model like he works through the shot list methodically Like, making sure he hits every shot that he wants. And I was like, wow, that is so organized.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of planning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you schedule by half hours or hours. Mm -hmm. Is there any time in between for lunch or breaks or bathroom or finding the next photographer?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... I I think most models generally like to end their shoot about five minutes early so they can make it to the next one on time. Um, A big thing Stace emphasized, though, for this one was that people are normally willing to end five minutes early, but they aren't as willing to start five minutes late. So you want to really try and be on time. Um, In terms of like breaks and time for lunch and stuff, honestly, at these events, I might be weird, but I don't typically schedule specific times for that. I'm trying to book as much as I possibly can. So if several people schedule during the lunch hours, I'll, I'll go with it and just eat a granola bar in between shoots or mm-hmm. like Stace will get some pizza or chicken wings. And I'm always seeing just like naked models running around eating a chicken wing, like on their <laughs> way to the next shoot. <laughs>
0: so All right.
1: that's usually what oh I do. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna have to be like, hold on, hold on. Sign this model release.
1: right like with the chicken wing in their hand
0: yeah yeah like running around with chicken wings like now that now i want that shot so badly
1: (laughs) i think they did a shot like that where there were like three models dressed up in fetish gear all eating pizza
0: (laughs) well i am scheduling a lunch break for myself because i do not skip meals Uh, I assume then because of the time constraints that most of the photographers tend to work, try to work as quickly as possible and try to get as much content as they can.
1: Yeah. For the most part, I think, again, it just depends on the photographers. A lot of them are just like power shooters and are done after mm-hmm. just a few minutes and they're okay with that. And mm-hmm. Some just like to take a little more time setting up lighting and, you know, finding a spot that they want to
0: shoot. And... Yeah. That actually finding the spot. I, I have not figured out how that works yet. How do you determine who is shooting in what space Do like the photographers wait in line for the next person to use that particular part of the studio?
1: I mean, it's usually like first come first serve. Um, (laughs) So if you see an area that's empty, um, you generally try and get there as quickly as you can. I'd say people don't really wait in line very much just because there's right, that's wasted the amount of time with their models. But yeah. maybe sometimes they'll shoot at an area close to the spot that they want and they'll like keep an, <laughs> yeah, eye, like keeping
0: an eye on the eye spot. There. Like as soon as they start moving away, they jump in.
1: Yeah. Or they will like, they'll ask them like, Hey, can we use this spot in like 15 minutes or something like that?
0: So sounds like, do people move around a lot in the hour? Like if they schedule an hour, do they try and hit a couple spots in the house or do they pick one in you know, stake it out for an hour.
1: Um, again, it depends on the photographer and the model. Some people uh, have shot. Me why different. are these
0: photographers so? Uh, I just <laughs> want them to all be. Or, anyways.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't always have like the same system, but yeah, I mean, I've shot in the same area for an hour. I've shot in like three to five different areas in an hour. Mm-hmm. It it really depends. Um, I guess it would help if you have a couple specific locations in mind that you want to do when you get there like a right. little bucket list of locations.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's part of what I'm really struggling with when I'm talking about, like, because the models are all like, what's your concept? And I'm like, I don't really know what's available. So I'm mm-hmm. like trying to go through the pictures on Facebook and trying to come up with some ideas.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. there are a lot of cool sets. There's like a, um, like a library-like set with a big bookshelf and desk and kind of like steampunky-looking clocks and stuff. There are a couple regular bedroom boudoir sets. Um, there's a couch. There's um, some areas with cool artwork and paintings. There's a section with like a bunch of mannequins that mo- the models will pose with. There's an area with like a bunch of beads hanging down from the ceiling. So yeah, there are, there are a lot of cool different setups. And I'm sure you could go on the studio website and Uh, maybe pick out a few that you really like before you go to the event
0: do most photographers have really specific concepts or do they just come being like all right i need the model to be attractive and in lingerie and we'll find a background that works with that
1: uh i feel like in general is they don't necessarily have a specific concept and it's often just boudoir and nude stuff that we kind of decide where we want to shoot that the day of but some people do have specific concepts like there was this one photographer in march that brought a lot of different um, leather harnesses and masks and like the whole day he was shooting models in those types of like fetish gear and i i tend to ask photographers before i go to the events like is there anything specific you want me to bring any specific colors or styles or anything like that and so far, for this upcoming mega glam, people really haven't given me any specifics except for one guy who told me to bring a gown, but the rest kind of like ignored my question and didn't really <laughs> say that Ouch. they wanted to do anything specific. So,
0: huh. interesting, yeah, because every model I've talked to has asked me that, and I am, yeah, like I said, I'm just kind of like uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. So <laughs> I'll probably pick a broader theme. And just be like something in this broad theme, and we'll just try and find something that works.
1: Mm-hmm. And something that Stace pushed a lot at the last one was um, multi-model shoots, and he would call them mm-hmm. model cocktails. Um, <laughs> so a lot of a lot of photographers ended up doing like multi-model shoots as like their main theme, and partially because Stace was going to award um, whoever took the best multi-model shot. That person would get to attend the next mega glam for free or like for a day for free or something. So that was a big theme for the last one is scheduling a lot of models like during one shoot and that was also really good for the models cuz more of them were getting paid at once.
0: In that respect does is, is Mega Glam very much like other large events you have do they all tend to fall into this where photographers don't really know exactly what background or what set they'll have so they tend to be super generic?
1: Um yeah, I mean I I'd, I'd say so that like more people don't have plans than people do have plans. Like, it's That's just right. kind of like on the spot inspiration um, for the most part. But some definitely do come with uh, specific concepts they want to shoot.
0: So, on that note, actually, then, so this starts at 10. Is there like a preview period beforehand where we can go through the studios and be like, where is everything? Or should I actually schedule my first model for 11? and spend the first hour kind of going through and figuring out what I'm going to do and where I want to shoot or like 1030 or something.
1: Um, I think you could come a little bit before 10. I think what we did last time was the models would get here, like around 9:30. Some of mm-hmm. the photographers started to trickle in around that time too, and like stake out their spots. And then they had yeah. a quick little introduction yeah. of all the models. <laughs> Put a
0: tripod up. I claim this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Probably, probably coming a little earlier is, is better. I'm not sure if they're opening the doors at like 9 or 9.30. I'm assuming probably 9.30-ish for photographers, but I'll have to double check that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no worries. All right. So you mentioned that some of the photographers spend a lot of their time setting up their lighting. Is this... Well, what do most photographers seem to do for lighting? Do they bring their own? Do they use a lot of window natural light? Do events sometimes provide lighting? I know most workshops, like most single model workshops someone else sets up the lighting for you.
1: I was trying to remember if the studio gave photographers any lighting last time. And I don't believe they did just because there are so many people there that I don't think they can provide lighting to everyone. So I think most of them ended up bringing their own. um, But I mean, also some definitely relied on natural lighting, but I'd say normally if you're like a fairly experienced photographer, um, you tend to bring some of your own lighting.
0: When I was talking with Dawn last year, she made a comment about her favorite piece of lighting gear was Mm a c-clamp a c-stand with casters so she could roll it around and i'm starting to see why that's because i would hate to like try to run from shoot place to shoot place and take stuff up and put it down
1: yeah yeah no that sounds really convenient something you can just roll around the studio yeah
0: and it sounds like Probably simpler lighting is better because you don't have much time to try and set up anything complicated, any, you know, three light setups or anything like that.
1: Right. Plus you want something that you can like take up the stairs fairly easily since there <laughs> are like three floors. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So for me, it sounds like I need to plan on a one light setup with like a softbox or a box box or something.
1: All right. Yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah. That sounds good. Uh, do many photographers use window natural light there?
1: Yeah, there are a lot of um really big, pretty natural light windows.
0: You mentioned, yeah. Yeah. A lot of windows. Um,
1: mostly I'd say like on the second floor there's a lot of natural lighting. So yeah, there are like I think three three main areas on the second floor that have pretty big windows. And the third level I think is just the roof. And actually I haven't been on the roof yet, but obviously that would be like natural lighting, because it's not really a room. <laughs>
0: It's completely blacked out. He's got, you know, a cover across the whole thing. <laughs> All right. Do people shoot video content as well?
1: Um. So I don't really see it very often, but I feel like lately with Instagram and TikTok really pushing the video content lately, yeah. a lot more photographers are starting to at least film short reels and clips for their different social media platforms. Like even if it's just, model doing a few different poses and stuff Mm -hmm. but like in terms of longer videos or fetish videos or erotic videos i don't see as much of that although i might just be in a different place at the time they're doing that but
0: i was gonna say i've started shooting some behind the scenes video stuff but i don't know that i'm a huge fan of it
1: yeah i mean i'll often ask photographers if i can just set up my phone on the ground while i'm posing Mm -hmm. and then Afterwards, I go through it, pick out certain second inc- increments and stitch them together and make a little reel just from the yeah. behind-the-scenes posing, but it's it's a lot of extra work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about video content, too. Ah, uh, well. So, what's the general feel of the event? Like, you you kind of mentioned this before, but it doesn't look like there's much privacy or sound like there's much privacy. It's big open floors. Is there generally just like a horde of models and photographers all kind of in the same big space, all jockeying for space and background.
1: So they do have two dressing rooms for models to go in between shoots. Um, But I mean, honestly, in general, I see a lot of models just changing on the spot, and a lot of models will bring a small duffel bag with them to several shoots so that they don't have to run back down to the dressing room and like waste time in between shoots. So there's not
0: just, a ton you of you have privacy. to run down and run back up a couple flights of stairs, and you're yeah, like, huh,
1: exactly. Huh, and, huh. and last time I fell down the stairs in heels and got a big Ooh. scar, so I'm trying not oh. to do that again. Um, oh man. Yeah. But I mean, in in general, I feel like a lot of the models who are there, a lot of them do boudoir and nude work, and they're not super concerned with finding a private place to dress because pretty Mm -hmm. much everyone around them has already seen them undressed. Um, (laughs) But I mean, it depends on your comfort level. There are definitely separate rooms to, to change at. But yeah, it is an open floor plan. There's not really separate rooms so much. So you kind of like you're seeing everyone around you shoot, but it's not really crowded or cramped or anything because it's so big.
0: Yeah. I saw that there were a bunch of non-nude models attending. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's normal or just special this year, but yeah, if you're fairly new and you don't do nude work yet, you're going to be surrounded by people mm-hmm. doing nude work.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I find that most of the models like that don't do nude work don't have a problem with other models around them doing nude work or undressing. It's just like their personal preference. They don't want to do right. that. So I'm yeah. assuming they might be the the models who go down and change more often in the dressing rooms.
0: Is this pretty much the same as other events you've been to?
1: I mean, it has its differences and similarities. I'd say it differs in that it's fairly exclusive and only very professional and relatively well known or seasoned models are invited. I was It was pretty intimidating for me last time. There were just so many big names that I'd been following for years, and I'd never been to an event where that many big names were attending. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and also like some pretty well-known photographers, like I mentioned, playboy photographers, photographers from SIG models. um, But I mean, in my experience, everyone there has been super kind and supportive and down to earth. But I think it also differs in that it's like one of the biggest money-making events that I've heard of in terms of like shootouts. Um, so apparently, according to Stace, last year or last, I think in March, um, all the photographers who attended spent a combined total of about a hundred thousand dollars. So Jesus. it's a good money-making event for the studio and for all the models involved and for Stace. So yeah, it's definitely very different in that respect. But it's, it's very rare that you get that many big names and in one space at such Mm -hmm. a big location. So I'd say at least once it's definitely worth it to go.
0: So let's talk some before care and after care to sew this podcast up. What are you doing on the mornings of the shoots? Is there any special preparation you do to get ready for that long day?
1: Um, So the morning of, uh, I usually wake up at least two hours before I have to leave for the event so that I can really take my time with hair and makeup I'm usually a little bit stressed before really large events like that, so I really like to make sure I'm not rushed at all the morning of. I try to get to the studio like 15, 20 minutes early. And I normally do my packing the night prior to the event so that I don't have to worry about that at all in the morning. And I usually just have a light breakfast and some coffee, and then I head out.
0: Don't load up on coffee, no jittery, no fast food breakfasts. (laughs)
1: I just, I don't like to eat a huge meal before shoots just cause I don't like feeling bloated when I'm like, mm. you know, doing nude shoots. So yeah. I tend to just bring a ton of snacks that I have throughout the day, <laughs> but I Makes definitely sense. like usually pack a, a little bag of food. And uh, I'd say like in the evening prior to the event, I'll pack everything I need for the shoots the next day, any outfits, lingerie sets, accessories, props. Um, again, I'll, try to organize my bag with like all the labels and the pictures and stuff so I can easily find all the items and I mean the nights following the event I try and take it pretty easy just relax unwind from shooting and modeling with so many people I'm a pretty big introvert so I need some time alone to decompress so I try to make those nights as laid back as possible
0: yeah that makes sense I actually that's one of the things I was thinking about when scheduling I can only take about two or three hours of a crowd at a time. So we am going to schedule like two hours and then a nice long lunch and then like two hours.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get that.
0: I cannot do six or seven hours in a row of people.
1: <laughs> yeah, I usually I am just so ready to go to my hotel room and just do nothing for a few hours by myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anastasia, do you have any projects you want to plug?
1: Yeah, I have a few. So... I'm attending a big model mixer event in Spring Bay, Spring Bay, Illinois, which is like a couple hours from Chicago from October 16th to, wait, what was it? Sorry, I think it's 14th through 16th, my bad. Um, so there are a lot of models and photographers attending. It's going to be a really cool networking event. Uh, it's hosted by my model friend, Bellatrix. And it's more similar to Picture Party where shooting will be TFP unless you're shooting topless or nude so i'm super excited about that i normally don't go to that area so that should be fun and afterwards i'm also planning to be in chicago nashville chattanooga and atlanta with my model friend belle amelie october 17th through 25th so if you're a photographer in any one of those areas uh, please feel free to hit me up for booking i'm also booking for a fetish themed event on November 5th in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is hosted by one of my favorite models, Scarlet Fever. And it'll be a lot smaller than Mega Glam. There's only about 15 models and it has a more distinct theme. So it'll include BDSM type fetish styles, from leather and chains to restraints and bondage and other props like whips and floggers. All of that. Um, so, I definitely recommend you join that event and feel free to either message me or Scarlett and I can send you the sign up link. And same goes for Mega Glam. You can message me and I can send you the link. So, yeah, those are just the main events coming up.
0: So, where can everyone find you online?
1: Uh, yeah, so my old Instagram account was deleted, unfortunately. So, I'm trying uh... to rebuild my new one. Uh, it was taken down at 16K. I'm still really mad. But my new one is. Um, Anastasia May underscore official. I'll spell that out. A N A S T A S I A M A Y E underscore O F F I C I A L. So if you could follow that and help me get back to where I was, that would definitely be a huge help. You can also find me on Vero, which is a new social media platform that's kind of becoming more popular. It's not so much new, but I think a lot of models are flocking there because they're just frustrated with Instagram. And my username is just Anastasia May, one word on there, May with an E. You can find me on Twitter, Anastasia underscore May, and on OnlyFans at Anastasia May, one word.
0: So how do you feel about Vero? Because I downloaded it the other day, but I haven't set up an account.
1: Um, so I haven't been on it a whole lot. I've, I only have like a couple posts there. I think it's like starting to gain some traction, but it's still... Not nearly as popular as the other main platforms, but I, I keep seeing more and more people promoting it because so many people are so frustrated with Instagram <laughs> yeah. taking down yeah. like every other artist's account and pushing yep. reels so much more than photos. And, yeah. you know, even just like if there's a quarter of a nipple showing, they'll delete your account. So Vero, I like Vero in that it's a lot more lax in those terms.
0: Yeah, I think I had, I think I saw my engagement for my posts about the podcast. Mm Drop by like a quarter over the last nine months, Mm
1: -hmm. or drop
0: by three quarters to a quarter.
1: Yeah, like you have to be posting reels every week to stay relevant, which just bothers me because I feel like that should just be for TikTok. There's already an entire platform dedicated to that, and Instagram I feel like is more just for for artists wanting to post their portfolios. So it's just kind of frustrating. But I have gotten a lot better at video editing because of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In terms of like nude friendly, do they? fall closer to Twitter or Instagram?
1: I think they fall closer to Twitter, although I'd have to look up like their specific rules, yeah. but yeah, they're they're definitely a lot more lenient in what you can
0: post. Yeah, cuz I think Twitter might be a little too lenient and yeah, then Twitter Instagram is, is <laughs> Yeah. Twitter's a little what did I describe it? Like Instagram is like a beautifully curated suburban street and Instagram is like an alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyways.
1: Yeah, no, I don't, I don't love posting on Twitter. It's just like every other video I see is like a porno, which I have no problem with porn, <laughs> in terms of a platform, I don't know. I don't love it. Um, and I just, I don't really know what to post there because I do want to save my, most of my nude content for um, OnlyFans. But yeah. I mean, so I guess I can just post the content that's like similar to my Instagram post, but like if I'm wearing something sheer, but still covering, I don't have to still censor over that. So I guess it's kind of in between. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's fair. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. It was great talking to you.
0: All right. And with that, we are done. Check us out at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast.com. On Twitter as at Photography instagram at the nsfw photography podcast subscribe on your favorite podcast app